Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. Thank you so much for coming back for another Closer Today, where I share inspirational clips to help you become your own hero. On today's show, we have a clip from Camille Preston. I really connected with this talk from Camille. She goes into details about how her journey really started to allow her to look at life and other people and herself in a completely different light. I truly, truly connected with this. For me, I think it was about year four of my infertility journey and I was sick of hearing my own voice. Not that I was necessarily a negative Nancy all the time, but um, I definitely wasn't doing anything that was making my situation any better and I wasn't getting any good results. So I I guess out, out of pure desperation, just started to change things up. In doing so, like Camille, I truly learned a lot about myself, and I can look back now and understand why I had to go through what I had to go through. Now, did I need nine years to learn? I think I would have been pretty good at seven, but I do believe the universe does know what it's doing, and to sound super annoying, you have to trust that process and put in the hard work along the way. It's 100% believing and doing at the same time. So without further ado, here's Camille. So the World Health Organization has classified infertility as a disease. The Supreme Court has ruled that procreation is a right, not a privilege. And research shows that women who are experiencing infertility have equal levels of depression and anxiety of women with heart disease, AIDS, or cancer. And yet so often, so many women suffer alone with people not knowing how to engage them. A client of mine who had survived cancer herself said surviving cancer was nothing compared to navigating infertility. She said, people just don't get it. They say the stupidest things, like, you really just need to relax. Or, have you tried a headstand after having sex? (laughs) Not helpful, again. So with each failed cycle, the grief would compound itself. And you would go off the fertility drugs when you found out you weren't pregnant and a tsunami of hormones would rage through your body and you could feel the world starting to crash down. After my fifth failed cycle, I was talking with a colleague of mine who had navigated his own depression. I was weeping in anticipation of this impending darkness that was gonna come. And having journeyed the roller coaster beside me, he reminded me that cloud of darkness was just finite and that anyone with depression would have coveted knowing that there'd be an end. And so for the first time, I found myself really relaxed into the heartache, weeping uncontrollably for hours on end, grief sweeping over me like waves, but for the first time, letting myself fully feel the sadness, the devastation, and the loss, finally giving myself the time and the space I needed to be within this grief. So repeatedly, I was hitting up against my inner walls. I can't go on trying. And I can't conceive of going forward without becoming a mother. I so desperately wanted to bear a child. I had no choice. 
I stepped back onto that roller coaster. I pushed beyond terror's edge, and I stepped into the unknown. And in doing so, there's just a massive level of vulnerability of letting go. I found solace in those who had suffered their own darkness. Life beyond terror's edge is very similar to life in the learning zone. You break things down to the smallest size pieces possible. Some day fine to just survive. You don't need to thrive. Yeah, really, really clear outcome and incredibly flexible on your coach. And you develop discipline for selling those small things in life. What's different is the raw vulnerability that comes with the surrender and the accelerated learning that can when you're in a free fall beyond terror's edge. Personally, when I was beyond terror's edge, I opened a whole new continuum of myself. I started to see parts of myself that I didn't even know existed, that I didn't even know was possible. The depth of yearning opened a new veracity, a new pa passion for life. The depth of sorrow opened in a new level of compassion for those in my life. And the depth of stretching opened new sides of myself and new possibilities. The depth of sadness opened a new height, a new possibility for loving. After our eighth cycle, we got another phone call. It was November 13th, 2012. I was partially pregnant. Again, <laughs> something they don't tell you in seventh grade health class. So, on the 12th day after the procedure, you would go in for a blood test where they would test your HCG level, which is a hormone that tells whether or not you're pregnant. If you are pregnant, your hormone level should be around 51 or higher. And I was at 13, so apparently you can be a little bit pregnant. <laughs> On January 15th, we officially entered our second trimester. And for the first time in years, we started to relax. We're going to have a baby, this most precious, coveted baby. And then I jumped into that type A personality, and I figured, how can I get nine months of travel into my second trimester? <laughs> and true to life, there's always more. On April 18th, I learned that there is something worse than traveling on your birthday. It's landing in a random hospital in a random city, unsure what's happening down there. As I checked into the hospital, I told the doctor in charge, listen, the baby's health is my number one priority, but if we could wrap this up by one, I've got a keynote at GE down the street at two. Some things die hard. And true to life, there's always more. On May 16th at 7.38 in the morning, I started to bleed profusely. Within seconds, what it could have thrown us over Tara's edge became yet another opportunity to step forward into the unknown. The doctor on call said, it's probably nothing. Why don't you just come in and get it checked out? She casually mentioned it would be better to go by the hospital rather than the doctor's office. And did barraging a beautiful, precious, coveted baby boy. His early arrival earned him a three-and-a-half-week stay at the neonatal intensive care unit. But by every indication, he was going to be just that, a very healthy, happy baby boy. This journey has fundamentally shifted how I think about life, and my heart goes out to the couples who are on the journey who did not have as positive of an outcome. And while I don't wish suffering or adversity on anyone, I do hope that you have dreams that you will pursue with reckless abandon beyond terror's edge and into that free fall of accelerated learning and into a fuller sense of yourself. I truly hope Camille's talk inspires you to start taking control of your emotional journey. It's so key during this time to start putting in the necessary work to really overcome your mental blocks. I also hope 
that you can see that this journey can really change your life for the good. If you want to check out the whole clip, go over to YouTube. It's called A Journey Through Infertility Over Terror's Edge. It's another great TEDx talk. If you would like to know more about Camille Preston, she's over on her website, camillepreston.com. And I think she's also on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy your week, and we'll see you later on for another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis with me and Sarah Clark. One more thing before you go. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and or a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, lady, and have a beautiful day.